No, <laughs> too soon, it's too soon. What's your story? It's on my phone. Oh, I'm so used to having a printed now. I, I, uh, because I was obviously wasn't work, so I just, I got the Google Drive app for my phone. I never had it before. I had the Google Drive app for That's my so phone. That's so handy, isn't it? Yeah, it's very handy. Um, so yeah, I got that. Hey, Google. Hey, Google. Hey, this is an ad for Google. Google um, Drive is so handy, right? Google Drive is amazing. How convenient. All my information on the, the, the touch of my hand. All of the links to the porn websites that I've saved on those documents are freely available all the time. And I just watched Who it, knew? I just watched it work, but turn the sound down. And then finally he comes in and I'm like, I'm sure there are people that absolutely probably think. People do it on forums. So on forums, people share things that are like oh. links or pictures or like videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you'd be able to do it on work and like the firewall generally wouldn't Doesn't pick, pick it, up. it up. Do you guys have firewalls on your computer on work? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There is not a single firewall. What? Not one. But I'll tell you a funny story. Do you know what? I haven't checked, but there's not. I've never looked no for anything on mine that's like, like. What was I looking so for? So, like, if you Google for stuff, there's all the adult stuff. Oh my god, yeah. Available? Like, what was I Googling a while ago? Oh, you told me you were Googling oh, stuff I around. I can't us remember. Podcast. Anyway, I'll tell you a funny story. When I was in college, I don't know if I told you this before. So, when I was in college, it would have been 2003, 2003, yeah. 2003. I was very uh, naive and didn't understand a lot of things. And I remember I'd been in a house party the night before. And this was the first time I. Time I ever heard this term I never heard it before hand to god I'd never heard it before someone said the word MILF so I was like I don't know what that is but everybody else did so I didn't want to be like what's a MILF because oh. I was like oh so I went into the work the college computers the next no. day sat my butt down and typed MILF into a Google search engine what came up? the worst most graphic porn oh, I've ever seen I was like what the like I didn't know what it was and I still didn't know what it was because it just came porn came up and I was like okay so it's porn I know that why did I just not check this on my phone oh my god yeah so that's how I learned what a milk was but there was something I was looking at a while ago in work and I can't remember what it was something very graphic came up something you text me how yeah. long does it take to choke somebody yeah, that I looked up and I was like, I need to stop looking up this stuff uh, in work. I do in work because quite often if it's been a long day in work and I've got to stay and do something, I might stay late and yeah, finish and just my finish story. Yeah, Plus, yeah, yeah. like I get left alone, in, especially late at night in work. Um, and so, yeah, I do. But like, I've never had anything actually when I've Googled, but I've, ne- I've only ever been Googling like murders and like stuff like that. Like, yeah. how long... Does it take, take for like a, a fingerprint to, to be removed from uh, yeah. somebody's glasses? But like I'm I, sure people, I, I'm sure I, if anything ever happened to Graham <laughs> and they went back through my search history, <laughs> they'd like be like, perfect Jesus to get away with this Christ. But I don't, no one uses my computer when I'm not there, but I'm always worried that one of my managers is just going to be like, just check on Emma's computer and they type in like M and it's like, <laughs> murder! Um, Welcome to episode 44. 34. 34. <laughs> I meant to say 34. We're not 44 yet. Will we hey, make it to 44? Who knows? Dun, dun, dun. Who knows? I wish knows? at that moment it was like the Brady Bunch. You know the end of the Brady Bunch when they'd be like, who knows? Or the end of Greece. Oh, yeah, yeah, Greece. yeah. Um, What's the show? These days are Happy days. Happy days. And it would like do that spin. You would have got that if I just let you finish yeah. that song. <laughs> <laughs> The next line. <laughs> um, I couldn't get to the next line, but my head is blank. Um, 
That's why we're best friends. This is true. Um, another thing they used to do where they'd like spin, oh, the, spin the scene. Then. Like Batman. Batman. Here, me and Graham were in town yesterday, right? Yeah. We went for a walk. Um, me, Graham and Lily. Sad times, man. <sighs> Sad times. It was so depressing. Ugh. One, Google said it wasn't going to rain. Google lied to you, friend. Yeah, because then we got there and it started to piss. Lily was in her scooter having the time of her life. Aww. She's like, can I go through the puddles? Bless. I was like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I figured it was going to start pissing. Let's go home. Um, so anyway, we got to Stephen's Green and we were coming around the corner of Stephen's Green at the back of Pablo Cantes. Pablo Picante! To cut that out. Um, Is that racist? No, I don't think okay. so. Because like, it, what Italian name do you know called Pablo? That's what the Italian accent you Oh, you know, did. my Italian, Mexican and Brazilian are all the same. Yeah, and you slag me. Yeah, no, they're all the same. Those three accents. Um, so we're coming around the corner and there was like, you know that guy that like, is in that group that like designer group Courtney and Lennon yeah Brendan Courtney yeah, is yeah, that yeah. his name um, and he was getting like his photo taken for some like some advert he was doing or something yeah and I felt like Did he was arms crossed well no he had to, like the, the cameraman was like right up on his face he was holding a phone I think it might be in for like Childline or something oh okay but it was blue so I don't think it was Childline and then he was like right up at his face and he was doing like all of this like really cheesy smile and then as soon as the photo was taken he was like like just deadpan that's like, like influencers as well yeah want to kill myself and anyway like it's the top of Grafton Street so it's really busy yeah people were just walking past and Graham was like oh look stop fella he's famous and I was like Irish famous people don't matter to Irish people. They literally don't. We don't we care. We don't care. And I don't know if we care about actual famous people. Like, I think the I've only... I've never seen a scene in town. I have one time, but it was because of Beyonce. Oh! <gasps> that was the only time. Tell me when, when you was, were in the vicinity was, of Beyonce. You know where the Lewis is on, uh, her, before, like, Stephen's Green, so just before Harcourt Street? Yes. She was in that hotel across from there doing something, get having food or something. But, like, there were... What hotel? It's not a nice hotel, sir. It's not a hotel. It's not a nice hotel. It's like a restaurant. So you know where the, where the that's Lewis... That's called the same... That's called... It was called the Stevens Green Hotel. Wherever... No, it's, it's like a restaurant. So, so we, Lewis stops here. Directly across from it. Oh, Harry's on the Green. Is that what it's called? It's a steak restaurant. That's the one. Really so fancy. she came out... She didn't come out about four... As I was standing... I'm a fucking Irish taxi man. <laughs> Why did it you matter are. where she was? You are. <laughs> what the she, fuck is wrong with me? She, like, about... 40 large men came out yeah and I was just getting off the Lewis and I was walking and I was like why are there so many people and some some girl was like that's Beyonce that's Beyonce so there everybody everybody stopped <gasps> like the whole of Stephen's Green just stopped so I didn't see her but like she was with because all the men were like really tall really tall but she walked out I think Jay-Z was with her but that was the only time I've ever but it's Beyonce that's yeah. like that's a religious that's experience. top tier like you yeah. don't but Irish celebrities, no one gives oh, a fuck. Oh, no, no one cares. Like, Even when, what's his face? Glenn Hansard just be in town doing the... Uh, like, Glenn Hansard and Bono. Our treatment of Bono will tell you <laughs> everything you need to know, know about Hansard how Irish Bono people feel. Glenn Hansard and Bono do this thing on Christmas Eve where they, um, they do busk. for the Simon community yeah, they and busk. they busk. And everybody in the whole of Ireland knows. Yeah, they're going to be there. And about 50 people go. <laughs> and like and no one... Gives a no. shit. Our, I always say our treatment of Bono will tell you everything you need to know about how Irish people feel about celebrities. I've seen so many famous people on Grafton Street that I didn't, couldn't, like, it didn't phase me. No, I saw Killian Murphy on Grafton Street. He's very beautiful in real Killian life. Murphy now is all... Oh, He's very beautiful. Yeah. And I, I bumped, knocked over that guy from 
uh, the sexy priest from uh, well I've seen him loads of times yeah, with you I knocked him over in Tesco I didn't knock him over but I knocked bananas out of his hand mm. and he was very nice and I said I'm really sorry and he was like it's okay and then he walked away I was like he wasn't in Fleabag at the time he was in Sherlock oh yeah I was like I know that guy I was like oh it's the dude from Sherlock it's Moriarty he's very small he is very short he's a short little man and he's very attractive I don't know there's something about it I think when he was in Fleabag I was like oh yeah yes but before that, no. But I think no, it's, in, I think in it's Sherlock, just, I was like, no. No, I think it's just who he is. He's in, in a play. He was in a play after Fleabag and I didn't see it all, but I saw part of it because they showed it in cinema and then it was shown on Sky Arts and it's set in the 1940s. Did he look amazing? And he wears like 94 skirt. I think the whole point of the play, from what I remember, um, was like, he was like a star or something and he's in this like penthouse apartment and like, um. Is this a Noel Coward play? It could be. I think I know what you're talking about. And yeah. it's quite vapid. And, yeah, it's no character. Yeah. Um, and just his clothes alone, I was like, oh my God. Can I make a statement? Yeah. Here's one thing about straight men that they don't understand. And I don't think, I think someone needs to explain this to them. You can be a not very attractive, conventionally attractive straight man. You can just be like, eh, a potato. Like potato. Look a motherfucker. If you dress well. Oh. If you can put an outfit together or have a specific style. Yes. You do not know how much more attra- attractive that makes yes. you. Yes. I see men out here like, no women like me because I look like I'm fucking the back end of a bus. I'm like, that's <laughs> fine that you look like the back end of a bus. But if you stop dressing like a fucking homeless person. Or like a football hooligan. Or like a 12 year old. Yeah. You don't understand how much more attractive that makes you. So much more attractive. Like, I immediately, the first thing I look at, and maybe it's just because I'm a fucking shallow bitch, the first thing I am attracted to with men, usually, is how they dress. And I can't help it. Um, But, like, it is that thing where you're like, if you just put on a really fucking nice outfit. Oh, like, oh, yeah. And when I say really nice outfit, I don't mean dress like Conor McGregor. Oh, God, That's no. not what I mean by no. that, because for some reason in Irish men's heads, they think if they dress like a cocaine dealer... yes. From the flats, yes, that that's attractive. Or do you know what Conor McGregor? You wouldn't, you won't get this reference because you're you, you don't play games. But Conor McGregor looks like there is um, Grand Theft Auto. It's the one where they're in Miami. So Grand Theft Auto, there's oh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's the one where they're in Miami, and it's set in the eighties. Okay, and there is a um lawyer in it who's based on Sean Penn's character in another gangster movie oh okay and he has really bad hair and like those great big Deirdre Barlow glasses <laughs> but he dresses like Conor McGregor in it really yeah he's got like a um, he's got the waistcoat he's got the like big collared oh, shirt okay. and the suit is like quite like garish in colour and pattern and it's just like that's and that is Conor McGregor <clears throat> yeah no socks and a pair of pimp pimp soles, is that what you call it? Like the so he can, and he does he tuck up his trousers a little bit? Yes, so you can, so see, you can see like yeah, sexy and Victorian then I don't ankle. know what it is, but why or what? Like, do they ask the tailor to take the crotch yeah, in? I'm fully convinced that like it looks like you're wearing a nappy. I can see your testicles. Yeah, they are. Just and I can there. see your, like you're not like I can see your testicles in a way where like they're just there. Yeah. Like it just—it's amazing to me because you have all this. Like men can grow beards, they can cover up most of that. 
like you just go honest <laughs> to god like i'm like if i could fully grow a beard i would be like this is great i don't have to do yeah, anything to here one half your face all of this is just covered like i love wearing a mask just let me be ugly in peace i'm enjoying it it's a good time but like i often think men straight men especially you could do so much more if you could just get some clothes man yeah I hear you. Burn every pair of tracksuit bottoms that you That's own. That's this week's Emma's hot take. Hot take. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. How was your week? It's fine. Yeah. Did none. Did I? No. Nope. Did none. Mm. How was your week? My week was busy. But it was good. I had a really good week. I had a really good productive week on work. Good. Which is very rare for me. Usually I do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a really good week with Lily and Graham. I got to spend oh, loads of time with them. Um, I'd like a good balance this week. That's good. I had one day where work was absolutely mental and I was in very late. I remember that I texted you, yeah. Um, but other than that, I had like a really good balance all week on work. So it was nice because I had spent loads, spent time with Graham and Lily. I had like made dinner, had dinner. Well, that's not true. Graham made dinner every night and I only ate it once. But Why? I just, uh, there was one day I came home and I had a real bad migraine. Oh, okay. I think that was the day actually I was very late yes, at work yeah, and I didn't yeah. eat. Um, and then another, the other day I came home and made spaghetti bolognese I don't like spaghetti bolognese you don't bolognese. like spaghetti so I had toast toasted cheese sandwich oh fuck yeah yes, it was good um, but it was just nice it was a good week I've watched some telly we started to watch WandaVision oh okay I think you should watch it nope no Emma it's not like it's not like anything I've ever seen really it's it, it's such a good idea and premise I've read the premise I know about it but I don't I don't care for Marvel um, I don't care for any of that either but really? like Graham was like, can we watch it? And I was like, okay. And actually, on like the third episode, I was like, this is a very, very good idea. This okay, is very cool. clever. Maybe I'll start it. I'll give the first episode a go and see how I feel. The first episode is kind of a nothing episode. I keep belching and people are going to yell at me. I'm sorry. I drink Diet Coke every fucking time. Why do I do this? I don't know. I'm sorry. You're a bad host. I am a bad host. Uh, host um, or hosts? Housekeeping. Yeah. Thank you to everybody. I've been getting lovely messages on Instagram. Um... And I replied, I'm caught up. I only have 30 more to answer and then I'm done. Jesus. I take it in chunks. So I'm getting there, not ignoring anybody. I promise I just suck. And I always do when I'm in work and then I get distracted. So I'm really sorry. But I'm off tomorrow. So I'll just power through. Power through and get all the, answer, um, get all the messages answered. We got a like amazing review from a This is housekeeping. From a person called Des McVie. Is that a man? I think it's a lady. Oh, okay. Um, and she said, I normally get frustrated when the banter part of Two Pals Chat True Crime podcast goes on for ages before they get into the crime story. Not with these two feisty feminists. Absolutely Aww. laugh out loud. Naturally hilarious. Great retellings as well with plenty of respect towards victims and the, and the fury on their behalfs. Misogynists need not bother listening. They really don't like we you. We really don't like you. No, we don't. I really don't like Male you. Male or female misogynists. No, we can keep your internalised misogyny and us the men can keep their misogyny. Yes, absolutely. Go um, away with it now. Other than that, I don't think I have any other housekeeping. I have to, this is my new picture for the podcast. Oh, that's so cute with your little hands. Look at my hands! <laughs> Graham, I'll put that up on Instagram. Send that to me. Graham Lady got me the most romantic <laughs> present he's ever gotten me, which is a pair of tiny plastic hands. Aww. Uh, which I just think are the funniest things. And the other night, Graham said that Lily had them. He didn't realise. And he was putting her to bed. And he walked past her bedroom door and she just went, Dad. And he was like, yeah. And she just, no, she took, like she was holding them with her pyjamas and she just blew him a kiss. <laughs> I love Lily. Send me that picture. I will. And I shall put it on the 
Instagrams. Um, there's more news breaking about Army Hammer. Apparently, apparently there's a story going to come out today. So this is not. I'm waiting. I'm sorry, apparently, it's very severe. Yeah, because his uh, everyone's dropped him. Everyone's dropped him. His uh, publicist dropped him, and his company dropped him. WME have dropped him as well. Um, so he's gone from them, and people are like saying that the reason for that is that there's a story that's going to come out today about him. That's like even worse. I don't know what possibly, other than he murdered someone and she's buried in the garden, I don't know what else could possibly be worse. I wonder if it's like proof of something. He must be, excuse me. I just feel so bad for those girls. People are being awful to them. I feel so bad for them. Like people, of course they are, because look, I'll put my hands up. When I read this army hammer is a cannibal thing first, I actually did. I was so like, what the fuck? Because it's such a ridiculous thing. It's like, he's like, what? But the more I read, I was like, oh my God, he was abusing these girls. Fully abusing these girls and fully using his power to manipulate yes. them as well. And a lot of them were very young. Not all of them were like 30. A lot of them were like 19 years, 20 yeah. years old. Like they were fucking, to me, that's a kid. Yeah. Like I know legally it's not a kid, but it is a kid. Like but you've no real life experience. No, you're you don't know how to deal with this. Child. And you'd be absolutely yeah. awesome. And you meet this guy that's famous, rich, comes from an incredibly wealthy family, has loads of power, mm-hmm. is like the it guy at the moment. And he's like, I really want to be with you. And you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah. And then he starts, it's obviously starts off small and then it goes and goes and goes. Oh, also, fuck Marlon Manson. What? What? Fuck Marlon Manson. Is anybody Manson. surprised? Nobody should be There's surprised. There's a girl in Belfast, a tattoo artist in Belfast that called him out. When we were in Belfast and all, she called him out and he, he sent her like, his solicitor got involved. He sent her, like she was like, anyone who listens to Marlon Manson, you're a fucking scumbag. He yeah. is a rapist. He's a rapist. And, um, did you see that thing that Evan Rachel would say today about the Jewish thing? Yeah. But that's oh. like, oh, I read every single one, every sing- I've read all of the statements from all of the girls yeah. that have come out um, anonymously and um, openly and all of them state that he's anti-Semitic and yeah. racist and uses the N-word. He's a horrible, horrible human being. And he collects like Nazi memorabilia. Yeah, he's a horrible human being. Like, uh, fuck that guy. I'm glad his record company dropped him. I know he's a millionaire 10 times over so it's not going to affect his income but I can absolutely hope in all my heart he never works again. I hope he never works Did again. Did you see him at the men that came out and said, this is all true? Yeah, Wes Borland came out and was like... Wes Borland came out and said, that's why I left the band. That's why he was like, this is absolutely... Everything, everything that's been that said has is been completely said, true. Absolutely true. I lasted in the band for nine months yeah. and couldn't stay. Um, it's funny because all of these dudes that come out as like absolute... They're scumbags. coming out now, aren't they? No, but like these other dudes as well, like Twiggy Ramirez, who got who Marlon Mance kicked out of his band... Fired him. ...for beating his girlfriend... Yeah. And then he's like, and everybody was like, oh, Marilyn Manson's such a good guy yeah. for doing that. But that's uh, why. Put his testicles on a security guard's head. It's so funny because all the memes are now like, oh, my mom was right about Marilyn Manson. <laughs> and I'm like, she was, but she was right for the wrong reasons back so then. Colin, as I said to Colin, like, I don't like, okay, all of his recent stuff is garbage because he is off his hits on drugs yes. I saw an interview with him about two years ago and he speaks like Ozzy Osbourne he is that fucked on yeah. drugs but like he has great he has made great music does that remove from the fact of what he's done Mm-mm. no fuck him no. fuck anybody and it just makes me laugh that all these dudes like are coming out now being like yeah it's all true so why didn't you try, didn't help, you try help these help? women at that time or what did was happening did you hap- read what he was doing to them Sarah there was one thing that I was reading and I was like what the actual fuck like I don't want to really talk about it on this but like I don't understand what's wrong with him. What thing was it? It was a thing where he was putting them in the room and like throwing meat at them and making them eat the raw meat. I didn't read that. Yeah, I read that. So he keeps his house at a very cold temperature. Oh God. Um, All the time. And he, that's to stop people sleeping. 
to make the house uncomfortable. And then when he sleeps, then he changes the temperature. Um, he, yeah, it's like, it's a pure, like this guy has spent so much time reading about things and fantasizing yeah. about things and being interested in things. Like, cause you can be like, intre- like, cause I'm interested in odd things. Look at this podcast. Yeah. But I'm interested from a point of being like, and we spoke about this before where I'm like, how do I figure out that not happening to yeah. me? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not an interest in like, I'm. Oh, this does something for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But he, so that 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 sleep depriva- deprivation thing is like that's what you do when you're joining when you're joining a cult or being accustomed into a cult. That's standardly one of the like they sleep previously. Yeah, no. it's like sleep deprivation because then and it's the same. I was talking to one of the night shift lads at work who has been on night shift for four months, and I said to him a couple of days ago, I was like, I think you need to take some time off. I think the night shift is impacting you, and he just was like, What do you mean? And I was like, You're sleep deprived. Jesus. Like, it affects you. You're emotional. Does. Yeah. Like, it's not your normal Your body clock has been completely yeah. knocked out of um, what it should be. And so, like, if you're sleep depriving someone and then telling them that they're ugly and then choosing when they're allowed, he's starving them starving as well. Starving them. And then choosing what they look like. So he was telling people um, to die. He went on to a Marilyn Manson forum. Um, pert- like, not as Marilyn Manson. Pretending to be somebody else. And then the girl that, like, she's released a whole lot of stuff in this when she he this is when he got dropped like so because essentially it's like child pornography mm. because she was underage and he was asking her to send him videos and he was sending her unsolicited videos um and oh. then he was saying to her she came from like a really terrible household she had a lot of problems he she developed like a massive eating disorder because he was telling her that she was too fat and too ugly oh, um and then sending her money for nudes um and all of this came oh. out um but like that's if you're sleep depriving people and you're starving them and controlling them that's how you get them to do what they want to do yeah. you want them to do because yeah. it is a thing where you're like I will do anything to make this stop yeah. oh I watched that this is completely unrelated to this but I watched that first episode of the second season of I'm a Killer is with it the, the girl one? hold on she's, oh what do you think of her is it the girl that, kill, that was like yes. he asked me to kill him yes she's lying well see now the reason I'm bringing it up because see when we talk about this point here because me and Graham watched it together right and <laughs> you were like that's what I'm going to tell them if I ever kill yeah you. <laughs> I said to Graham and Graham said oh and I said hang on for a second right and it was before I got to the end of the episode yeah I said she was in like a severely abusive relationship she was previous to yeah, this, yeah, right? yeah one of the things that you do when you're in abusive relationships and it's like a form of like protecting yourself is you agree and you say the thing that the person wants you to say. Oh, yeah, it's a couple of Even yeah. if it's not true. Yeah. And I was like, at that point in that interview with her, where the um, police officer was like, but I don't believe that happened. Why did you do it? Why did you do it? That just doesn't happen. Yeah. She said to him, I just wanted to kill somebody. I just wanted to feel like it wasn't what it was. And I said to Graham, but that's what he wants to hear and she just wants him to leave yeah. her alone. And I was like, and that is something that you do when you're in an abusive relationship. See, I agreed it with you up to that point until his friends started talking. And we're like, she knew him for a month. Oh yeah, at that point where she was like... I was like, because like, when she was talking, she behaved like, like they'd they been together, together for like forever. Three years. And yeah. that they were soulmates. And that they were madly in love. And then his mates were like, oh yeah, they knew each other for like three weeks. And he was like, I want to die. And she was like, I'm going to choke you to death. You know, like the whole ludicrous. thing was like... Absolutely ludicrous. Obviously that girl had a lot of problems. She had a lot of shit going on and there was a lot of messed up crap going on. One of the main messed up things was... His family? Not only that, she fucked off in a van 
Where was her child? With her mom. I was like, the whole time I was like, you have a kid. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, man? And then her That fa- was a beautiful cup of tea. Good. And then his family embracing her and then the rest of her family been like they're absolutely abusing and manipulating the situation yeah, this is for money for money yeah this is like I said to Graham yeah. they're Jesus nuts yeah. who are using this to get more people to have you watched Pyro Joe no watch Pyro Joe what's that that's one of the episodes Michelle Mulvaney emailed me about her message to me about yes she was like what the fuck Emma it's the one where I was talking about the really fucked up childhood guy with cash oh okay watch Pyro Joe um I ta- I watched the first I watched the first episode of season two and I was like oh my god it's so good it's, it's so well done really well done if anybody's interested I'm a I'm a killer it's called an Netflix. on Netflix it's two seasons just seasons, seasons. it's yeah. very very good I don't think I watched anything else no I'm watching Parks and Rec it's back on Netflix yeah, the world is garbage the world is garbage and it is like a comfort show yes if you want to watch something sweet and happy and nice just watch Parks and Rec because there's no like murder and death I like murder and the death and blah, blah. but if you just want to watch something that's like <sighs> yeah people are like talking to each other and they're in a room together and they're going places it's amazing me and Lily were watching Red Bull Soapbox <laughs> race today <laughs> yeah it's actually was really it good? fun yeah we, whenever it's on we watch it it's good fun but I was saying to Lily I said do you remember when we used to go and watch things together in crowds of people sad times man it's so hard for kids have you seen that video of that little girl the baby that's just been born born at the end and of she thinks, thinks everything's, everything's hand, hand sanitizer, sanitizer. Like that's man, that's where we are right now. Like these kids are gonna grow. This like, they're growing my, up in uh, this. My newest nephew, uh, Ollie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was born, and that's then what, like, that's what they're gonna think. Three months later, the pandem- pandemic. No, like six months later, the pandemic, pandemic started. Is. But like, it's six months old. He can't remember anything. That's else. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, um, God, <laughs> Let it end. <laughs> I just want everyone to get the vaccine. Oh my god, it's so hard. Dude. I would pay so much money for the vaccine. Just I know that's the wrong way to do it. Walk like, it up to my veins at this point. Like, I went absolutely. My sister had the second one. How did she feel? She said she felt crappy, but not like massively. Apparently, crappy. that's a good sign. She said she so had achy bones. Sick, yeah, she had achy bones and just kind of feeling a little bit foggy in her head. But she was like, "Oh, not she's fine." You know who taught me that? Who? Pat Kenny. Pat Kenny. Yeah. What a man. He's a good How man. How old is he now? He must be at least 90. He's going on and 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 on about the nurses not getting the vaccine. Oh, jeez. He's like, like on a soapbox better. There's more personality in a tree than there is in that man. Do you remember that time he sued his neighbour? Yes. All these people listening to this that. podcast are like, who <laughs> the <laughs> fuck is that Kenny? We mean Graham. Oh, he's the non-gay bird. He's the yeah. lesser gay bird. He's a, he's a poor man's gay bird. He's a poor man's gay um, And he said some awful racist things on the Late Late Show. Jeez, um, Late Late Show, man. He was in, me and Graham's family went for afternoon tea in the Westbury. I remember you telling me this. And he was sitting across from us and Graham's man, not anything I said about, thing I said about famous <laughs> people, absolutely not true if you're Graham's man. <laughs> Lost her shit. Did she? She was like, stop Pat Kenny. Did she, did she go and speak to him? No, she didn't. But I think just because we were in such a fancy place. She was like, I don't want to bother him. No, not that. Just she was in such a fancy place that Pat Kenny was there having like lunch with us. She was like, that's Pat Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they were in the Westbury. There are nowhere else in Dublin for famous people to Literally, go. Literally, they have like two spots. Other than here in the Shelburne, yeah, two spots. Yeah. They're the only places that um, they go. That's very sweet, though. Yeah, no, it was, was really so cute. Excited. That's very, very cute. Um, are you going to tell a story or what? Yeah, Shall I do it's a good story? story. What are you tell me? Is it worth listening to? It's very sad. Do you know, this is my favourite time of the week. Oh, <laughs> is it? Will you tell me a little we'll story? Tell you a little ditty, a little story I reckon story? when uh, the pandemic's over, we won't do this podcast I think anymore. We're going to stop being friends completely. <laughs> 
See ya, bye. No one else again. Back. She'd be like, we've got shit to do now. We will be like going on holidays yeah. and shit constantly. Let's go away. <laughs> we'll just never I be in Ireland. Money now. We'll never be in Ireland. I say to you here, do you want to take me away? Yeah, because you took me away last time. Take me away. So I owe you a holiday. When did I take you away? You took me to New York. I didn't pay for all the holiday. Ah, you paid for Grant, anyway. Emma pays for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I have no money. It's all lies, it's all lies. Graham's <laughs> taking all my money from me. Attention feminists. Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain, boring old tea's getting you down. Hey, buddy, does your honey scream funny, duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug. Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder Most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. Um, okay, so hot farts aside, my story Can is... call this episode hot farts? Hot farts aside. <laughs> Is about um, a gentleman called Charles Self. Self. I didn't know anything about this. And there's a reason we don't know anything I've about this. I've never heard about this. I will tell you why. So I got my um, references from... Men's Ray. Nope. No Men's Ray, actually. <gasps> from the wonderful, amazing Una Mullally in the Irish Times. Oh, I like Una Mullally. She wrote an article called... Did she write books? I'm not sure, actually. She wrote an article called Murder Amongst Town, The Brutal Killing of Charles Self. And I'll put a link to all these in our thing. It's fantastic. Um, Another article by Liam Collins in the Irish Independent. And then a lovely medium article by a person named Casey Scribbles. I'm not sure if that person, how they, I'm just going to say they because I don't know their pronoun. Yes, she did. Did she? I love Una Malali. She was a big part of um, the equal rights movement. Yeah, Una Malali is amazing. So, on the morning of January 21st, 1982, 62-year-old Bertie Trier awoke in Annesley Mews, Brighton Avenue, Monkstown, Dublin. Which is like a mouthful. Monkstown? Monkstown. Very posh. Very posh. Bertie did not live in Annesley Mews. Rather, he lived in Wicklow, but would sometimes stay over in his friend Vincent Hanley's house as it was closer to the city centre. So, Vincent was in London, so Bertie could... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck a bitch. I made a sexual gesture. <laughs> Vincent was in London at the time, so Bertie could take full advantage of the free bedroom. So he went to his gaff. So it was a cold morning, freezing in fact, as Dublin had been hit with massive snowfalls during what the year week. is this? 1982. There was 26 inches of this snow grand, in Dublin. This is your grand dies. Oh, grand dies. What? This is your Graham was born. Oh, okay. And it was a massive blizzard. Yeah, like I didn't realize and, how bad it was. I looked up uh, pictures. The I was army like, had to come, and they had to get like um, help from the Canadian government to yeah. explain like how to get rid yeah. of the snow. So we had fucking crazy. Graham's mom has pictures because um, Graham was born, and a blizzard hit, and um, and a blizzard was like it was like three to four. Yes, yeah, it was insane. Um, and you know the park, the Lawns Park in Ballyfermot. Yeah, the snow was so high. That you ha- could walk over the fence. Fuck off. Yeah, like it was po- like so high. It was like four to five foot high, and it was so thick and compact. Yeah, because they were saying it and was people like- had to walk down the road in Ballyfermot to get onto um, the back of a truck that the army drove to bring people to work. Jesus Christ! Because it was like it was twenty six inches of snow, and I was like, "What? That's yeah. insane!" So 
Yeah, it was a cold morning, freezing in fact, as Dublin had been hit with massive snowfalls during that week. Bertie went downstairs to get a cup of coffee, uh, hoping to see Vincent's, Vincent's housemate Charles in the kitchen. So at 8.55am, Bertie began to walk down the stairs in the property. When he looked at the bottom of the staircase, he saw someone laying beside the front door. He stopped and called out Charles's name, and then he saw the blood. Oh. So January 20th, 1982, and Phil Linnish is appearing on The Late Late Show. An infamous episode where Gay Byrne asked Phil Linnish if he could, quote, see Crumlin from Hoth, which is basically like Phil Linnish moved to Hoth. Hoth. And, and Gay Byrne was like, oh, can you see Crumlin from Hoth? You fucking Being like, you yes, sell out. Gay Byrne, you're a millionaire. Gay Byrne's dead now. God bless his soul. <laughs> and that quote actually is from Murder Amongst Ten, the Uni Malali article. It's really, really good. The set that both Gay Byrne and Phil Linnish were chatting on with the beige brown carpets. I don't know if you remember yeah, this. Remember, they had yeah. like the really stark lines going through it like that. Was Roll it there, Roshan. I love that. It was so good. It was such, when I was a kid, right? And you got to... Do you remember the in, intro to the late night? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. L? The L, yeah. Um, and it was a Friday night and you got to hear the credits of the late night. You were like, oh my God, I'm up so late. It's four o'clock in the morning. Jeez. Yeah. And I used to be like, man, do you stay up and watch this? <laughs> By the way, to anybody not in Ireland, the Late Late Show is like the most famous talk show in our country. Yeah, it's a pile of shite. Yeah, all the time. It was hosted by a guy called Gay Byrne who was like, Super. It was Super. actually, do you know what? That whole thing of like not losing your shit around famous people, people would lose their shit around Oh, gay they bone. love Gaybo. Give the baby to kiss. They loved a bit of gay. So that set that we're talking about was designed by 33-year-old Charles Self. So Charles Self was born in England in 1949 and then raised in Glasgow, Scotland, largely by one of his aunties. Charles's mother passed away when he was very young and his father, a military man, remarried after her death. And Charles just had one sister who lived in London. So Charles moved to Dublin in 1978 and began living in Annesley Mews straight away with well-known DJ Vincent Hanley. Charles had been working for the BBC and head of design and RTE Alpha O'Reilly had offered Charles a job in Dublin. Charles accepted and became head set designer for the Late Late Show, which was at the time the highest rated show in Ireland. Okay, so Charles, Colin's going to love this. Charles also worked on the Twink Christmas special that year. Twink for anybody who doesn't know. I don't know how to describe Twink. What is oh, she? Oh, yeah. She was in a band. She's a singer. She carries a bird around shopping centres now. I don't know. One time she left a voicemail on her husband's phone and it was hilarious. Twink is like... She said he had a dirty Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> also, Mickey means penis. Yeah. Because um, he was having an What affair. is Twink like? She was in a band and then she became like a ca- almost kind of cabaret singer-ish kind of thing. Yes. So she does like specials with musical guests on it. But, yeah. uh, but she's also <clears throat> unhinged. Un fucking hinge I used to go out with a, a boy that worked in Super Value in Knock Lion yeah and would bring her dog back whenever it got lost and he said that she'd be like come on in and he'd be like he'd no. be like no you're okay no, you're okay Twink yeah see you yeah, no, what's your name Adele King is ruined I'll tell you a story about Adele King after we finish okay this. can't wait so, um, was uh, Vincent Hanley a homosexual yes okay so he also worked in the Twink Christmas special that year. The show did excellently in the ratings and Charles was told he was going to receive a large wage increase and he was elated. Charles, who, was fr- who his friends described as kind, bubbly and hardworking, was a gay man who was very out for someone in an incredibly homophobic Ireland in 1982. A country where homosexuality was still legal. 
So Liam Collins in his article in the Irish Independent stated that Charles was, quote, unselfconsciously gay, but not camp. He wore an earring when it was unheard of among straight men and he had a preference for younger men. But according to friends, he didn't pay for sex. For one thing, he never had enough money, said one. So Charles rarely brought men home as he had an unpleasant experience previous to her when he brought someone home and was robbed. Oh, Charles reported this to Pierce Street Garda Station as apparently at that time they were known to be more sympathetic towards gay people. However, nothing ever came of this and the man who robbed Charles was never found. So Charles loved music and art and going out on nights out with his friends. He was very well known on the gay scene and incredibly well liked. Charles would come back from nights out and turn on some records, open a bottle of wine and dance around the living room. His friends called him the life and soul of any room he entered. So on Wednesday, January 20th, at around lunchtime, enough snow had fallen that Charles could not get his car to start. His car was parked in the RTE car park and he decided to just get a bus into the city centre. Charles went to meet his friend Bill Maher for a lunch drink in the Bailey's pub on Duke Street. A lunch drink. Uh, so just a side, side note. So Una Mullally in her article, I love this, uh, told of how Charles would almost always get his paychecks cashed in pubs. So when the bank asked, so when the bank asked why this was, he said they keep much better hours than you do. So that's why you go to the private pub. <laughs> so at two forty-five p.m., Charles and Bill finished their last drinks. They had a two-hour lunch, getting locked. Nineteen eighties man. And Charles left the city centre to return to RTE to meet his to boss. Go to work to meet his boss for a meeting. <laughs> It was during this meeting that Charles was advised of the raise he would be receiving as RTE were very, very happy with his work. Aww. So at around 5.30pm, Charles finished work and went back home to Monkstown. He got ch- changed and then waited on a bus to drop him to the city centre where he planned to meet Bill Maher again for more drinks. A driver who took pity on Charles due to the freezing weather picked him up and gave him a lift into town. Man. Which was really nice because now if somebody did that, I'd be like, I'm not getting in your car. I had, there's a lady in my estate once that um, a bus never came. And she, we didn't know who she was. And she, she, said, she said to me and Graham, um, I'm actually going to just get in my car and drive down the road. Do you want to just, do you want to lift rather than, because the bus clearly isn't going to come. Did you do it? Yeah. Oh, like, I'm like Graham. I'll throw him yeah. in first for if she tries to get anybody. So Charles went back to the Bailey again. Is that, is that the pub? Yeah. Oh. And at around 9.30pm, he headed to the South William to meet up with more friends. So at 10.30, he left South William and then at 10.30, he arrived in Bartley's pub in Lower Stevens Green. And in Casey Scribble's Medium article, they said that Bartley's was, quote, this was known as a last port of call for a man looking for male company. So it's where all the men went. Oh, okay. To get the right. So at 11.30pm, Charles God, left. God, isn't that so sad? I know, it's shit. And it, it's like so weird because it's like hidden secrets. Such a secret. Like, yeah it's like well, we go here for this and you go there for that and then you go here for this like there was no like straight people could just go to any bar yeah you know what I mean so at 11.30pm Charles left Bartley Dunn's and went to the Hot Pot Cafe alone to order some food the Hot Pot the Hot Pot where was that that was on the keys so at 12.05pm Charles got a taxi from Burr Key to Annesley Muse the taxi driver later told Gardie that Charles took the taxi with another gentleman who described who he described as in his late 20s early 30s with fair hair taxi uh, dropped Charles and his acquaintance to Charles' house at 1am. So he's back in the house at 1am. So Bertie Trier was in bed asleep when Charles arrived home. He told, told Gardy he did not hear Charles arrive at the house, but at 2am he said he was woken up by someone coming into his bedroom. The man looked at Bertie and then said, sorry, wrong room, and left. Bertie later told Gardy he knew exactly what the man looked like and was able to draw them a sketch. 
So Bertie slept through until he awoke at 8.50am to start his day. Bertie, who was in his 60s, was quite hard of hearing and had not heard any noise coming from downstairs that night. Yeah, when, no, no, I, I have really bad... So you know me, I'm, yeah. my hearing's dreadful. Yeah. I don't hear Lily if she cries. Yeah, I like, think he would sleep through a lot. Yeah. Like, so Once I'm out now. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, even when we're on holidays and stuff, when you're out, like, you're gone. Can't hear anything. Yeah. So when he walked downstairs to find Charles Self's body laying at the bottom of in a pool of his own blood. Bertie stepped over the body to find the phone and call an ambulance. When he picked up the phone, there was no dial tone. So he ran outside and across the courtyard to call the police from a neighbour's house. His call was logged at 8.59am. So when the guardie arrived, they found Charles slumped at the bottom of the stairs. <clears throat> One guard had called the crime scene absolute chaos. The stereo was still playing in the living room and Charles was laying on the floor with his black jumper pulled up to his armpits. Charles was wedged against the front door making it impossible to open and the guardies surmised that the culprit escaped through a small window in the kitchen. Charles had been stabbed 14 times Jesus. with two of those stab wounds being slashes across his throat and six were so deep that they went through his chest and out his back. Oh my God! So it was a violent, violent attack. It wasn't just like, I'm, I'm looking for something. It was like... I want you dead. You know, that way. So the murder was described as incredibly vicious with the detective inspector Alan Bar Bailey, who carried out a cold case investigation in 2008, saying it was, quote, absolute overkill. It would un indicate somebody who wasn't just killing them to rob them. The murder weapon was a wooden handled carving knife. Part of Vincent Handley's dressing gown tie, so I think it was, was round, wound around Charles's neck. They tried to choke him with the thing as well. So state pathologist John Harbison carried out the post-mortem and concluded he had died from stab wounds to the neck and back. So Charles's friends were completely devastated and could not understand why anybody would want to hurt Charles. On January 25th, 1982, a service took place in Black Rock for Charles, which was attended by a packed congregation. That night, Charles's body was flown back to Glasgow for his funeral. Charles Self's family sent a notice to the Irish Times. It read, quote, we wish to express our sincere thanks to all his friends and colleagues in Ireland for the kindness shown to the family during a time of much distress. In particular, we would like to pay tribute to the help and support given to us by Radio Television Heron and the spiritual guidance by the, of the church ministers in attendance. Charles Self was only 33 years old at the time of his death. Oh my God. Baby. The Gardaí began their fabulously homophobic investigation which was led by Detective Superintendent Hubert Reynolds and Detective Superintendent Michael Sullivan and a team of 30 detectives. Their investigation was centred on the fair-haired man who was in the taxi with Charles. So the Gardaí decided, in their infinite wisdom, to completely target the Dublin gay community as they were convinced the man in the car, man in the car was a rent boy, which is a male sex worker. But this is what they were they called him in the 80s. They called him but rent like, boys. Why would a sex worker... Because their so, their thing was, he picked up a sex worker, brought the sex worker home, the sex worker demanded more money or something, and then Charles said no, and then he stabbed him to death. This was their thought process. Oh, and I, I, under, I understand <clears throat> their thought process, but like a sex worker or someone that's just going to stab someone because they haven't, isn't going to try chop their head off, strangle them. Yep, but the guard didn't. They didn't, there was a gay person so and they immediately like, like rage as well yeah like, like real not like oh shit I didn't door. mean to yeah yeah so to the guards this could be any gay man in Dublin or it could be every gay man in Dublin Graham used to do this thing completely unrelated to this where sometimes I would come home and he would lie at the bottom of the stairs and pretend to be that's dead. so fucked up I would pass away if someone I think I'd just run out of the house 
But he did it so many oh. times that it got to a point where I was like, you call, I won't even move. You just walk over yeah. him if he is dead. So as the guardy focused on the fair haired man, the complete, they completely ignored the description that Bertie had given them of a dark curly haired man that had entered his room, which seemed <gasps> to indicate. So wasn't the same man. Which seemed to indicate there could have been more than one man in the house that night with Charles. So as the investigation went underway, the Guardi completely focused on the gay community. So by March of 1982, the Irish Council for Civil Civil Liberties were receiving reports from members of the gay community of Garda harassment. The Irish Times uh, reported, quote, homosexuals complained that Guardi have been demanding they agree to be fingerprinted, photographed and give statements. What? Yep. Many, if not all of these people were not out to the family or the community. This is also from the Irish Times. There's a quote. They claim that detectives have repeatedly called to their homes and places of work, causing them considerable embarrassment. Some also claim that family anguish has been caused when they were forced to reveal details of their sex life to their parents because of the Gardaí. So Cader Asmal of the ICCL said at the time, something rather odd is emerging. It appears to me that in certain cases there is a desire to draw up a profile and gaze in Dublin. So many members of the community figured that the information the Guardi were taking from them would lead to them losing their jobs or being able to be unemployed in the future. So a lot of the, in the 80s, like, um, what would, like, what do you call it? I can't think of the word. What's that job that loads of people do? What's your husband? Sorry. Civil servant. Civil servant jobs. You couldn't like, be a homosexual. So they were afraid that the Guardi were taking that information and that when they applied for jobs, yeah. something would pop up. Yeah. So they were terrified of that. So, okay, but well, some men stated that the guardies, the guard, some men stated that the guardies continued harassment, even if they'd only brief, briefly met or known Charles Self, had caused them to have to come out to their families. So the guardie were coming to their house being like, do you know Charles Self? Do you know this gay guy that was killed? They had to be like, yeah, fuck. And their families are like, why do you know him? Aww. So then they have to come out to their families. So this is what was happening. They were coming to their fucking jobs. So Bill Maher, Charles' friends, friend, got a call from a mutual friend the day after Self's murder and he told Bill of Charlie's death and that the Gardaí were looking for him. Charles went to Dunleary Station and was questioned for four hours and released. Bill stated he did not mind and understood the Gardaí were just doing their job. Others, however, stated that the Gardaí's heavy-handed approach to the case had ruined their lives. Kieran McNinney, McKinney, McNinney, who knew Self to say hello to, just literally was like, hey, yeah was interrogated by Gardy. He said the Gardy had, quote, no sensitivity, no sense of confidentiality about people's lives. A bunch of my friends were outed through the process and I know for a fact a number of people left the country because of that experience. Jesus. Like, they were literally going around fucking everything up. So in March, a public meeting was held by a human rights group that had gotten involved due to the amount of complaints towards the Gardy. A protest was then held in April outside Pierce Street Garda Station, but the Gardy continued their, like, aggressive approach. So Hubert Reynolds focused on two alleged rent boys in the Dublin community, one known as Ruby, who was 19 years old, and another known as Kitty. Ruby vehemently denied being anywhere near the area where Charles was, and no one actually could formally identify him. Kitty had an alibi, and his fingerprints did not match the fingerprints found in Charles's house. Both men were released without charge. So they arrested nobody, they had nobody. So one piece of evidence caused a major uproar within the gay community. The sketch that Bertie had drawn of the man who had entered his room that night, along with an identikit of the man. The police call, or sorry, the public called for the images to be released so someone could be brought to justice for Charles's killing and the unnecessary investigations into every gay man in Dublin could be halted. These images were never released publicly <gasps> and the Guardi refused to issue an statement. Because they know who it is. So Bill Maher, this is the guy that was really good friends with Charles, the guy who went to drink to him and everything. 
when being interviewed in Dunleary Garda station, remembered seeing the sketch of the supposed culprit on the wall in the interrogation room. So he saw it. When Maher asked the Gardaí at a later date where the sketch was, they told him there was never a sketch. But he's like, I saw it. They know it was there. They were like, there was no sketch. It wasn't until 2017 that the Gardaí finally admitted... 2017. Finally admitted to having the sketch and the identikit and they were doing uh, they were doing f- further lines of inquiry. 2017. Yep. By late 1982. Why did they lie about a sketch? Well, I feel like they know who it was. It but wait, clearly. you hear this? Wait, you hear okay. this? So by late 1982, Charles Self's murder had still not been solved and an extreme amount of damage had been done to the larger gay community by an uncaring, callous, homophobic guardie because that's what they fucking were. So on the t- I'll leave them alone Rowling Listen doing they're job. just doing their job So on- PG PG <laughs> PG <laughs> So on the 22nd of July 1982 Something would happen That would ultimately Overshadow Charles's murder And leave Ireland Completely intrigued By another case So this is the reason That we don't know about this On July 22nd 1982 Bridie Gargan Was sunbathing In Phoenix Park When Malcolm oh, Arthur- MacArthur yeah. Murdered her then three days later, MacArthur murdered a farmer in County Offaly and was ultimately arrested in the home of Attorney General Patrick Connolly. The murders, which were famously described as goo-boo, Goo-boo. grotesque, unbelievable, bizarre and unprecedented by the tenth he shook Charles Sahi. The media frenzy that surrounded MacArthur was beyond sensational and ultimately Charles Self's story was lost in the furore. So it was just completely forgotten about, pushed aside and forgotten about. <clears throat> and MacArthur was all anybody was focused on. Mm. MacArthur himself was known on the gay scene and was also familiar with Charles Self. Some of Charles Self's friends said they could not shake the feeling that the image that Bertie drew of the man who entered his room that night and Malcolm MacArthur were eerily similar. <gasps> the Guardies spoke, They're in the same area. Guardy spoke to MacArthur but decided he was not a person of interest. So in October of that year, MacArthur himself spoke to a tabloid newspaper. <clears throat> he did admit he was a regular to Bartley's pub where Self frequented, but that he had stopped drinking there around the time of Self's murder. Bill Maher told the Irish Times that he was informed that Self's murderer is already behind bars. Quote, a reporter told me he was behind bars, he says. The reporter said he was quoting a Garda source. Yeah, but he's out. Charles, Writing books. Yeah, Charles's case went cold. There were no arrests and it seemed the Garda had given up on ever finding the person or persons who murdered Charles on that freezing January night. In 2017, Bill Maher made a pleading case to the Gardaí to release the image that Bertie drew along with the the identikit. To this day, the Gardaí have still not released it. They have, however, asked anyone with information to come forward as Ireland is now a more understanding country. They haven't released it? No. Did they say why? No. And they keep being like, if you have any information and everyone's like, release the identikit. And they won't. I don't know why. I could not find out why they they completely ignored it. It's like they're just like, hmm, What? Take me when I'm asked about something work I haven't done. <laughs> so Charles Self's case remains unsolved to this day. So his family have no answers. Just two things I wanted to add. So we can see how awful Ireland was at this time. So I found an article in GCN, which I will link to in the notes and on our Instagram. So shortly after the murder of Charles Self, a 22-year-old gay Garda, who, by the way, was not out to anyone or ever on the gay scene, but did have attend the LGBT Hirschfield Centre, was fired by the Gardaí without explanation. But he somehow found out that this young man was gay and proceeded to interrogate him about Charles Self. Jesus. Any gay man, any gay man, they were like, do you know him? Did you ever see him? Did you kill him? Did you, were you in his house? So this is a direct quote from the young man in the GCN article. 
1982, there were a series of events that happened to me after Charles' self-murder. After the murder, I was directed to go to Dublin Castle and present myself before a superintendent. I had, and I hadn't got an idea of what it was about, because while I was in the force, I was not openly gay. I wasn't on the scene. I didn't go to the pubs. I didn't do anything like that. I knew Charles' self. He lived in Monkstown, and I live quite close. We had a nodding acquaintance relationship, if you will. The relationship is too strong of a word. But I was directed by my sergeant to go to Dublin Castle and appear before the superintendent. He gave me a few tips to have my shoes well polished and put on my good tunic. When I went into the office, I can remember a very icy, stony atmosphere and I was told I was being investigated by conduct that would bring discredit to the force. I asked what this was about and he advised me to make a cautious statement and demanded I follow him to fingerprint me, which I did. From memory, I was asked did I know Charles Self and I said I did and that was as far as it went. It was quite brief, but it was an intimidating atmosphere for me. I was 22 years of age. I was worried about my future and the job that I absolutely loved. So the man called the investigation a witch hunt against gay men. In June 1982, his his superior ordered him out of the parade room, just where they all sit. They told him to strip off his uniform and they need 10 minutes to leave the station. What? That next day, they arrived at the young young man's house and removed any items that he would have used during his day-to-day patrolling. So it took like his badge, his baton, everything. They then left and never gave a single explanation as to why he had been fired. For five years, the man tried to get hold of his file to see the reason for his dismissal, but was told no. Finally, in 2004, he was given access to his file. The file was completely redacted, so all the information was still not available. So he still couldn't see why he was fired, but he knew why he was fired. The man then took his case to the Minister of Justice, Charles Flanagan, and was still has still not received his full file. This was in 2009, and I can't seem to find any further information on this. So basically, because he knew Charles Self, they knew he was gay and they got rid of him. And they got rid of him. Yep. With no explanation, but with nothing. You do that now, your ass is getting sued. Yeah. So one more really weird thing. So this is directly from Liam Collins' piece in the Irish Independent. Alpha O'Reilly, that was the guy who hired Charles to be an RTE, the man who brought Charles Self to Dublin, pulled into a petrol station at Ashford County Wicklow at 3am on January 2nd, 1996, filled up his apple green Mitsubishi car and drove off in the direction of Wexford. Neither he nor the car have ever been seen since. He just disappeared. Still haven't found him, haven't found his car, haven't found his body. He has just disappeared. And they don't know where he's gone. And it's really sad because that happened to him and then Vincent Handley died of AIDS-related illnesses. Then Bertie, who gave the drawing, he died. I think he was he died at an older age. I think he was 80 when he died. But it just seems like all of this has just died with these people. Oh. But that alpha thing, I was, was so strange. That's, that's... And then I, I was looking up what happened to him and there's nothing. They have nothing. Like nothing? Nothing. Like, filled up his car, drove to Wexford and was never seen again. And then How did they know he went to Wexford? Because that, that's where he told people he was going. They obviously followed like that CCTV footage or whatever. But then his house... His house was up in the market last year for like half a million. So I don't know. So has he got family? I, don't, I didn't check actually. I presume he we'll has. See, oh, the guard, a guard I have a thing up about him and apparently he has cousins and they're like hoping to find him but he was like 60 something. It's 25 years well, old. Well, sorry, I was checking to see where Ross Airport was because oh, that's essentially in Wexford. Yeah. So you could have like gone in your car. Yeah, gone on the ferry and fucked and off. And because we had a, we still have a free... At that time, you could just get on the boat and go to England. Yeah, you didn't have to have like ID have or pass. anything. You did, and most of the time, they didn't write down like that you no. were even on the fucking ferry or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, um, he just disappeared. He just went. But it's like, his house is amazing. It's up on the market now for half a million. 
like all the houses around there it's so mad how expensive they are now like they were expensive back was, then but, but like where he where that house is like that's very like that's in the same area as Malcolm and yeah like the they're all they're all him. wealthy people yeah but that like, Malcolm guy is a fucking yes fruit loop you've seen when I did that case in the pictures fruit loop yeah but, like uh, but it's so weird because people and he just like like when he that his assault on that nurse yeah she was a, like she was alive he was aware she was alive he kept beating her oh he mangled her it was vicious and then when I read that he like when they when I got into it and I was like oh my god Malcolm Arthur was named like the way that guy was Charles was murdered was just like but, and all, but all of Malcolm's murders were panicked yeah it was like so he didn't plan, he didn't plan them through he said that he just planned like when he got to Phoenix Park and stuff I know I'm just pinning this gun on, on him now <laughs> We've solved We've it. solved the case. Another murder. Um, but I don't know. I just thought it was incredibly sad because this man died. And, and instead of the Guardi trying to protect a community that was already vulnerable, they, just they were literally like every gay dude in Dublin. They were like, and then go into their houses and their mom, like young gay dudes, like 19, 20 year olds to still live with their mom and dad. And then go into the house and be like, we're here to talk to you about Charles Self. And they're like, it's not the gay guy that was in the newspaper. Yeah. That was and then they have to come out to their fucking families. Yeah. And their families are like, get out of the house. That's so sad. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's so frustrating when you read shit like that about the Guardi. And then they fired that poor chap because he was gay. Because he lived in Monkstown. And he, they were like, do you know him? And he was like, yeah. They're like, right, when well, you're fired, get him. Yeah. And it's 2020. 2021 and they still won't give him his file and they won't release the and that justice minister for justice finished in 1999 I believe or early 2000 so I was trying to see if I could see anything else because he's not using his real name this chap so I couldn't find anything else Um, but I hope he got his file and I hope he sues the guardian that's awful yeah it's very sad I just it's so mad because even that guy the gentleman whose story that, that I did that was killed in Fairview Park like when you think about the fact that Fairview welcomed those kids back with a candlelight yeah. vigil through the fucking park mm. after they danced on his head. Yeah. Like, it's fucked up, man. I'm sorry to everybody that lived in Ireland in the 80s. It was shit time. And he's all He's all looked about 75 and you're only 20. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know what that's about. All of the men. Just looked like they were 70 years I old. I think it's because they all wore, like, clothes my grandfather would wear. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I just thought, every time I look at them, I'm like, oh, Jesus. And the big glasses didn't help and everyone's wearing them now. Yeah, everybody's wearing them. Stop. Yeah, and baggy jeans. You look like a fucking idiot. Um, um, but yeah, it's sad and awful and I I don't know. Everything's garbage. You did a good job, but I'm sad. And for we've solved it. <laughs> Another crime solved. Yay! Sarah! <laughs> I knew when I mentioned Malcolm with Arthur, I was like, Sarah's immediately going to be like, he did it! <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely did it! Allegedly. <laughs> I just would like to say, this is a note from Sarah and Emma's legal team. Allegedly. Allegedly. Everything you say, allegedly. He's still alive. He is still alive. Um, and he ain't in prison anymore. Fucking lunatic. Like a lo- like that man, that dude's crazy. Oh yeah, no, he's he's an absolute he's a or danger to to society. Yeah. But I don't understand why they wouldn't release the image because it was him. Because it was like <laughs> <laughs> it was like that's the one thing that you could see and go, oh my god, I know that person. That person is known. I I can. But instead, they just went around and interviewed every guy with a slight lisp. I'm going to say that they didn't really. I'm going to just. Absolute conjecture. Simple, simple. Conjecture, conjecture. Um, this is a free and open space. 
Um, this is safe space. Um, I'm going to say that they just wanted to like find out who all the homosexuals were. I think it, that's what the guy in the human rights organization was saying. He was like, this seems like they're just looking to profile gay men. Yeah. And they can find out who they all are and stop them getting jobs uh-huh. and do all those things. But then I thought it was funny when they said that the Pier Street Garda Station was known to be a more friendly, or like, Garda group towards the gay community. They were like, they're not as harsh towards the gay community. And I was like, that's so strange. Why? Why were they, like... I don't know. Probably because they're in the city centre. And people in the city centre that are causing problems aren't large groups of homosexual no, men. No, it's large groups of little scumbags. Yeah. But yeah. So that's probably why, but that's, again, just... But imagine, like, imagine a guardy coming to your house and fucking out you in front of your parents yeah. in 1982 in Ireland. Yeah. Like, I fucking can't. I can't imagine what those poor people went through. And then they weren't, to be I felt like they weren't even trying to catch his killer. That it was more about, as you said, let's figure out who the gays are. Yeah. And let's make them really uncomfortable and some of them have to leave the fucking country. I just don't know why you wouldn't. Could you imagine that poor man that was in the room? What did you say his name was? Bertie. To, like, to get, like, to what? know that someone was in your bedroom. Like, well, what? I'm not going to sleep tonight now. Sorry. But, like, that was one of the creepier parts to me. Where he opened the door and he was like, sorry, wrong room. And then went downstairs and stabbed his friend to death and left him to bleed out and die on the fucking floor like how do you, I think you'd have like post-traumatic stress like, oh my god not, poor Bertie how could you come down the stairs and like how did Bertie is Bertie which one's Bertie Bertie's the guy that drew the sketch Bertie's did he the, leave is he the one that got on the boat no that's the guy that no the Alpha is the guy that hired him I don't know if he got on the boat <laughs> <laughs> I really thought there I just solved story. everything <laughs> Um, um, what, what happened to Bertie? Uh, Bertie died in his 80s. Aww. He lived, but Vincent Hanley did die of AIDS related problems. Yes. That's a very sad story. It is. And, and I, I've never heard about it. See, that's the and thing. It's and an that's, important one to hear about. That's the reason we didn't and hear about everybody it. that listens to this podcast should write a letter or tweet on Gardashia Connor. And tweet the Justice Minister for that. I Listen, just Google the GCN article. Just GCN Charles Staff and that article will pop up. The guy's name is, he goes by Matthew, but that's not his real and name. And we'll put it on Twitter. We'll put it on Twitter. If everybody we'll could just Instagram. at the Justice Minister and be like, yeah, this dude needs his file so he can fucking sue you. Yeah. Um, but like and he said, also, he said he went in an absolute spiral after it. He couldn't do anything else because he was so upset that he lost his job and because he was so young. And it was like, then everybody knew. He was gay. He was gay. And he was like, and the only reason he, that he never went anywhere, he didn't go to clubs or anything, but he went to the Hirschfield Centre, which was the same place that, uh, oh my God, my mind's gone blank for that gentleman that was killed in Fairview. Oh, I'm terrible. Oh, my mind's gone completely blank. I know who you're talking about. I know. He went to the same centre. He went to Hirschfield he as well. He did. Um, but he, the gentleman, the guard that was fired said he presumes someone saw him going in there and told his boss that he saw him going into the Hirschfield Centre. Declan Flynn Declan Flynn sorry yeah pardon my mind. I'm brain farts uh, he thinks he just presumes someone saw him going into the Hirschville Centre and back with his little fucking tail to the to the guardy superintendent rats like, rats out and was like I saw Matthew which is not his real name going into snitches get stitches get fucking stitches I just hope he gets he gets some sort of justice out of this as well because like it just seems that this this case was like had a ricochet effect on the entire community to the point where it was like it was ruining people's lives. Yeah. And then Malcolm MacArthur murdered those two people. And because he was rich and... Well, he was also in the Attorney General's attorney house. Attorney General's and house. And he was at the fucking GAA with the T-Shock. <laughs> this entire case was completely forgotten. Life. But it's in a mad that we didn't hear about it because... 
Malcolm. Four months after he was, did this, Malcolm came out and did this, and then everybody, the entire media was just Malcolm this. also did that. Hmm? Malcolm also did that. Allegedly. Malcolm. Allegedly. Actually, I don't know if Malcolm was back in the country then, because Malcolm had come back from Lanzarote three weeks before he went on his kill See, This spring. is the thing. A lot of people were saying stuff, and I was like, I don't know if he did it. Yeah, well, Malcolm. And I feel like, you know something? I feel like maybe because he's such a fucking lunatic that he might have just admitted to it. He might have just been like, yeah, I did it. But then he would have got more time in jail, so that's it. He didn't do He didn't admit to it. Did he not admit to it? No, maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't. Well, he went just... to a mental health institution. He didn't go to prison. Um, he went to prison for a very short period of yeah. time, remember? Mad that um, he's out now. Remember those pictures of him in uh, Eason's? Yeah. Signing books. Getting, a, getting books getting signed. Books signed. Um, he went to... So he went to prison until his case... I'm trying to remember when I wrote it. And then there was like an agree. It was like a backhanded agreement that he just would come out and say he was guilty. Yes. And that then he would go to a hospital. Yeah. Which means that he would serve less time. Um, and that's not necessarily true. So it's me and Graham were talking about this yesterday. Graham was like, "Gone on about someone getting life and and like, in because that that fucking show that the I'm a killer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like fucking sixty years, like." Um, why don't we like we don't do that in Ireland and I was like we get life and that's like worse how long is life and it's not life doesn't it's not it's not life well no no life doesn't come with a sentence generally it comes with it. so I was saying to Graham life and specifically going to a mental health institution they usually do have they have an indefinite term yeah that's what happens because it's kid who tried to cut that girl off yeah because it's at the mercy of the court yeah so I was like the court will put you in in prison and say you're you're getting life in prison but it means that you don't know if you're going to get it yeah because it's essentially dependent on if you meet the criteria around like and we don't do parole the same way and same with a mental health institution it's completely different it's not parole it's if you're medically safe to be released yeah 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 and nine times out of ten in the Republic of Ireland in particular it's very difficult to be released from a mental health institution that's when that when that guy killed that girl in Dunleary he didn't kill her attempted to kill her Oh, tried to cut her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her mother was. His mother was like, "Please don't put him in an institution." Yeah, because she knew he was never going to get was, out. He was not getting out of that yeah. institution. He wouldn't have a life like. Um. So, and like, and not, not to like, because I was saying to Graham, there's like tons of other ways where like our institutions and our um incarceration systems don't work. And I was like, and there are cases where people have gotten life and gotten out in twelve years. Um, and I was like, and Malcolm is one of those cases yeah. where it was like Malcolm cut a deal. Because he'd been found in the Attorney General's yeah. house and the Attorney General and Charles Hawhey were pulled into it because the Attorney General was off to our, off to America. <laughs> it's like, I'm going on holiday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and went to holiday and then 72 hours was told you better get your fucking arse back yeah. on his plane. Um, so he was then put into prison and then afterwards was like, if you just go in and say you're guilty, um, then we'll put you in an institution and that whole, be real fast. His whole case was so embroiled in the in politics and the government mm-hmm. that it was never going to go the way a case yeah. somebody who wasn't embroiled that would have went like the fact that the Taoiseach was involved and the attorney fucking he's in the attorney general that, fucking gaff, that like. leads me to more leaning towards the like if he did do it it's so embroiled in Irish politics at the time that now it's like oh he's a homosexual and he was hanging around with the attorney general that's probably what a lot of it was um, but weirdly enough when you read about that case it doesn't they don't really bring that up that much oh but they do because they talk about his character and they talk about oh, yeah. his clothes um, his fancy boat and they say that he's quite effeminate yeah um, 
I don't know. So they do like because at the time they weren't like calling people like homosexuals in the paper. They were talking about like what they looked what like. they looked like or if they were camp. They yes. love the word camp. Yeah, and uh, that was so like word. in saying, oh, wasn't him, and that's why they're not releasing Aoife. But then it could also lead to like it may have been him, and Aoife may fit him perfectly. But like he has main finger t- if there was a fingerprint. Yeah, this and is all the, the thing. Rest. They were like they check fingerprints and the guardian were like there's not any. Guardy interviewed him. They were like there's no. We don't see him as a suspect in this case. Mm. Go back into town and round up all the gays. Mm. Fucking trash. Anyway. Ah, the guards. I always think of these people's families because I'm like, what a way to die, A, and B. He didn't even die in his own country. He was over here. His family were in Glasgow. I always there's think, no I mean, answer. Just, uh, I, I always think of like, just a moment where you know you're going to die and you know someone's yeah. taking it from you. I can't. Like, that's what I say to you. I can't comprehend that. I don't understand the idea of like, I always like. I think if you, if you die, like if you're dying and it's like, or say like you get hit by a car and it's so sudden that you're like, <gasps> I don't even know this is happening. Yeah. But the fact that he stabbed him 14 times, tried to slash his throat and then strangled him with it. Like that chap was experiencing all of that. Yeah. And knew that the outcome of this was like, I'm going to die. This person's going to kill like me. Even last week with uh, Rachel, she lay on the floor dying in that bedroom, yeah. knowing that her husband had killed yeah. her. And probably got into the shower while she was dying and yeah. had a little wash. Like, it's just, and that's, up, man. Like that's, but that's the thing where like, when I write about these or I talk about them or you write about them or you tell me them about them, it's like that moment of like, because there is quite like a glamorization of like murder now because it's like it's, really popular. Yeah, it's the money making thing for, about. for and, and like we're also adding look, to of it. Of course, look at Netflix. Every um, second show on Netflix is, is like, true crime. Yeah. Um, but it's just that like when you... It's the idea of like... And I've hated some people in my life. It's just the idea of like purposely knowing that you're ending someone's life and the idea of someone, no matter how, what who they are and what they've done or how much hate you have for them lying in that moment being like so terrified and you're going to take their life like I it's, that's what I was saying I just don't like that poor man he went out for drinks he came home yep and the thing about it as well is it's like there seems to be this shame about it because where he was gay because he was gay and because he was bringing a man home but every straight dude in the country can bring a girl home yeah and it's like, because I read one article where they were like interviewing the public and the public were like, well, maybe if he wasn't bringing people back to his house. Your son, madam, is bringing women back to his house. Yeah. But you're perfectly fine with that. Mm. Ireland was completely closeted. It was illegal to be homosexual. They were like having sex in parks at two o'clock in the morning. Who the fuck wants to have sex in a park at two o'clock in the morning? You want to have sex in a bed with someone that you like. But they couldn't. Yeah. They just couldn't. So they had to... Like, because it's this seedy thing with the gay world. And I'm like, it's not. That's what they had to do. Yeah. That's the only way they could feel a connection and feel love and feel like I'm going to go have sex. That's the only way they could have sex. People want to have sex. Mm. But they couldn't go to a... Don't be telling Graham that. I don't want to have sex. People don't want to be having sex. <laughs> Stop having sex. Problem solved. But no, I get it. Like, and it's, it is, it's that thing of like, even the like rent boy word or the like, yeah. the thing around like certain parks in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but they don't have any. And even now there are people... So many people you hear of that are like, I'm, I'm gay, and it's like, I, ha- like I have to come out to my family. Yeah. Even the coming out bit is like, why does, why do you have to come yeah. out? And like the fear and the, and the. Not the why, but like it. Should no, just I get be you. It should just be. It should just be okay. accepted. It should just be like, 
You should be telling... Like, I don't want Lily to ever... Like, if Lily is... I would never want Lily to ever have to... Like, I would just be want afraid to be afraid like, Yeah. But now to express who she loves. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's boy or girl. It doesn't matter who she's... That's like, what everybody should be... Te- and it's like... Attached all, to. It's so funny when people are like, oh, we can't t- we can't talk about gay things around children. Uh, it's weird and they'll be confused. Because it will influence... But you're like... Them. Then you're t- asking your five-year-old who her boyfriend is. Yeah. What? Like, yeah. where? where is the differentiation? That's your homophobia. That's yeah. all that is. Yeah. And it's your refusal to be like... I grow people who say this phrase bother the fuck out of me I don't mind gay people I just don't want to see them like oh, doing stuff yeah kissing or holding hands you do hate gay people yeah, that's hate you them. hate gay people yeah. you're a homophobic piece of shit so stand in your homophobia just yeah. stand in your hatred and stop being a fucking coward about it yeah. like I know Colin and Craig are afraid to hold hands yeah when they walk down the street like they've had been verbally abused walking outside my apartment block in 2021 in Dublin People standing up on the balcony oh, shouting the F word at them. Yeah. Like, if you, if you're like, I don't mind gay people, I just don't want to see that. That's well, homophobic. That's homophobia. What are you fucking talking yeah. about? I don't want to see two straight people licking the faces off each other outside a bus stop, but I have to fucking see that. I'm a pervert. Sarah and loves I it. Like Sarah loves it. Men, women. Men and women. She loves it. She women and women. And men and men. Multiples. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Milfs. Yeah. Delfs. All of it. All Lick of it. the face off the each whole other in front of me at the bus stop. Everything. Although I do, whenever I see people kissing at the bus stop, I beep the horn. Get around! I don't even get the horn. I'm like, boop, boop, I, always boop, boop. I, I, don't, I don't care if you're gay, straight, bisexual, whatever the fuck you are. I don't want to see your tongue in another person's mouth at a bus stop. Please uh, stop. I Young love. No, fuck young we've love. All, go home! We've all worn the face off each other. Go on, go, go behind a tree. Have I you never had a kiss at the bus stop? No. No. Absolutely not. No. Oh, yeah. No. Absolutely not. Some of the not. best kisses in my life. Here's the thing, right? Here's how I always think about this. What? Why? What part of my arrogant little brain thinks someone wants to see me wearing the face off somebody? Here's my thinking. I don't care Ew. about other people around. You should. Me. You're I'm in just... public. Graham has never kissed me at a bus stop. No, never, never. I'll hold hands. That's the extent. But many men and me. Definitely 110% made out of bus stops. I don't want to go. I love you so, I love much. so much. I know we'll see you on Tuesday, yeah. but that's two days away. Are you going to school tomorrow? <laughs> Tell your ma. I said I love, love you. Give me your notebook. I want to write you yeah, I love now. Yeah. I'll wear uh, the face off. Tell your ma. <laughs> she makes great roast on a Sunday. <laughs> oh my God. How's your dad? your ma work? Remember, being young, your dad remember being young and being in love. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. It, like, idiots. It didn't last. Yeah. Stupidity. Absolute I remember the very stupidity. first time I was in love. I remember when me and Colin broke up and I found something I wrote in my notebook <laughs> and I was so embarrassed that I threw it in the bin. <laughs> More fault from us. Oh, just ludicrous stuff. Colin. Colin, by the way. <laughs> Colin. I was like, I'll never love anybody again in my life. And now I'm like, pick up your fucking socks. Yeah, so, my, yeah. Um, I remember the very first person that, like, my first love. That broke your heart? Broke my heart. And Can no, I say his name? No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I love his name though. I know. He, I, like it's on the tip of my tongue. I want to say his name, but I can't. And um, I remember my mom being like, "The first one's the worst. You'll get over it." You and me being like, "Shut your fucking mouth! I'll never get I'll over. Never get over I'll Jerry never love and, again." Yeah, and then like two weeks later, was like, "I have a new boyfriend." I love this person. No, after that, I actually it did teach me a lesson. Like, I was What's like, it? because I was like. The first one, first love, 
It's not love. No, you're just, your like, hormones are all over my the My hormones were all over. And plus I was like, mad about this chap. Yeah. Like this chap was... Bet into him. Oh, bet into him for like the longest time. And now, what what do you do, think when you see him now? Oh God. No. Lucky escape. Lucky escape. Absolutely not. Um, not even that. I just, it. I very rarely see him. I just, <laughs> just want to say his name so much because <laughs> um, it's a great name it is such a good name um, oh well listen when, you moved on do you know what when I see him now I don't think about anything other than how much of a tick I was god it's Madison how stupid you're yeah fucking madness like true babies we're babies we were kids um, and then you get over it and you move on yeah and you become a cold husk inside your heart like I have <laughs> that's what happens that's what happens. And you write um, stupid shit in your diary and you throw it in the bin. Yeah, all of my shit in my diary was about my mother. Yeah. That was a lot of intense stuff going on there. It was all, a lot of it was about my mother. <clears throat> Some of it was about my father. Some of it was about my sister. And very little of it was about boys. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Once that one got out of my system, right? You moved so that on. was like 15 to like 16. Yeah. Once that one was out of my system, I never acted that way ever again. I was like, oh, you're a sap. Yeah, I'm so emb- I, like I never had to write it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, just yeah. remember being afterwards, like a couple of weeks after the whole thing, where I was like, "Oh, I'm mortified." Scarlet for, for my life. Mortified. I get that. What were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Who did you think? Yeah, you were like me at that Jenna. point in time. Absolute bell end yeah. of yourself. Disgrace. Yeah. No, I so. get. It. Listen. Good luck with everybody being in love. And if you want to make well it out of the bus stop, don't listen to Emma. She's a fucking miserable. Cunt. Don't make it out of the bus stop. Do whatever you want. Do not. Bus stops. Whoever you are, whoever you can't, can't make out anymore now anyway. I, don't know. I was actually asking someone in work today because they're single and I was like, like, why do you, there's loads of, they're all single actually. Flicking the beam. Um, I was like, what, how are you meet? like how? Are people you? still doing the online dating? Um, this one guy was like, I meet them, in, <laughs> I meet them in a park for a walk with a coffee and it's distant. Oh. And I was like, oh man. You're like, what? Imagine uh, you in a yeah. day. What? Six feet away. In I what? can't. What? <laughs> Hello? I do you have to walk this side. I do my good here. In work, I do go like this. You're talking to me behind the mask. I do be like this to them, pointing at my ear. Uh, Hello? They're right here. Come Hello? around. Come around. Yeah. I can't hear out of here. <laughs> Fucking. Can't hear. So then what happens? They go to a park, have a walk, have he a says, decision. Yeah, usually walk. they have a walk. And then what's the second he date? Says, it's like the second date is the same thing. And then usually it like is progressed over then you like. get a test. Yeah, you get a COVID. Yeah, test. you get a COVID test, and he's and COVID you send them the results, and he say, "Do you want to ride?" Look, he said, "Um, there was one that she got a COVID test, and he gets a COVID test at work." Yeah. Um. So they like did the deed, but then he said he had to ghost her. <gasps> said she turned into an absolute fruit loop, and then he showed me the messages, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I kind of get that, but I was like, "Ghosting's not the right answer." And he no. said, "No." He said, "I sent her a message saying I'm going to ghost you now because I've told you I don't want this to go any further, and you haven't stopped." And then she just continued to send him, and he was like, "I haven't even deleted it." He was like, "I haven't even deleted or blocked her." Yeah. He was like, "I've just ghosted her," and he was like, "I haven't even gone in to read the messages, so she can't see. So it looks as if I'm like completely ignoring absolutely her, absolutely dead, oh, off the grid." That's dating. Dating, dating in a pandemic must be very difficult. But dating difficult. nowadays, I don't know how you did it with Flavio. Neither do I. I don't know how. I, I don't know, know how Flavio broke down that wall. God bless. Him. Yeah, that was a big old. That was a big old wall. Praise up there. Jesus for those uh, antidepressants that you got put on that week. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I can say for now. That was like yeah, it was a good time. Oh, he I just was, picked I was, the absolute. I was there on my bin that week. Opportune moment. <laughs> 
out of my fucking mind when you week. told me and then I you, I was like and you were like how and then I did the math you did the math back to when I went on the antidepressant and I was like oh that was the two weeks you were stoned out your mouth out of my bin like whatever this and it's not because I didn't think that like you and Flavia were no compatible. but I knew you just didn't understand why I would ever talk to any man I couldn't <laughs> understand my thing was I couldn't understand that you were drunk in a bar and he started to speak to you and your response wasn't fuck off yeah because that's always my response yeah and I was like <laughs> what it's weird because I would if any man ever speaks to me I'm usually like fuck off leave me alone yeah yeah, go away. At any point during the day, I was like, "This is the most." A man tried to step, t- talk to me on the steps coming up to, from work the other day, and I was like, "No, to put my earphones in." What was he saying? I don't know. He was like, "Hey, hey!" I was like, "No, I don't care if your dog's dying in a river. I don't care if your mouth's trapped in the car. I am walking." They're usually that's what you've just described there now are perfect examples of when serious serial killers get people into cars. That's why I didn't talk to him. Hey, sorry. Hey, hey. Hey, sorry. Nope. Can you help me get the sofa? That's literally nope. Buffalo Bill. <laughs> It's signs of the lambs. Nope. No, I cannot. Don't talk. To, if you're a man, don't talk to me. That's the best thing to do. Just don't talk to me. Unless you're Flavio. Unless you're Flavio. Unless you're six foot three and from Brazil. Then I'll talk to you. Oh, Jesus. Because I'm a shallow bitch. She got it tied. <laughs> she got it tied. But yes, okay. Are you done? Have you anything else? Oh, Jesus Christ. Thank you uh, for all the nice things that you've said. Yay. Yay. We really, we appreciate them. We, I don't know. Do we believe them? Are you at a stage where you I'm at the point of my narcissist where yeah I do. You do. Okay cool. Well that's good. One of us does. Only at this point in the month. By like a week before my period I'll be like oh no. Oh yeah I'm at that stage now where I'm like what's the point in anything in the world ever. So three weeks from now I'll be like well they all hate us. Everybody hates us. But no. They're not laughing with us. They're laughing at us. They're laughing at me Michael. (laughs) They're laughing at me. (laughs) I watched Parks and Rec episode today where Andy and April got married and I cried because my period's due in two days. So I've got the hot first. Yeah I cried. Hot farts. Hot farts. That's what this I love called. a packet of hot nuts from a bar and oh, a R.I.P. bars. R.I.P. bars. Right, oh, goodbye everybody okay. before we get really depressed now. <laughs> bye. Thank you for the things and listening. Okay, bye. bye. Oh, I'm sweating, Sarah. Happy Christmas! <laughs> <laughs>